Blog Talk Radio. Excited. 
you know, uh, one thing that got me really excited about, you know, starting this journey with you with, with the right way is uh, the talk that we had over dinner, you know, basically laying, laying out our vision for the podcast and uh, where we see, see it going and where we'd like it to go uh, a couple years from down the road, down a couple years down the road. So with that being said, let's get this show started. Okay. Um, let's go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So now that we got the introductions out of the way, uh, guys, we're excited to be back. Uh, there are a lot of and it, there are a lot of headlines going on in the NFL right now. A lot of different things we could talk about. Uh, so much to talk about since it's been it's been all, almost like five months since I've been on the air. So with that being said, let's kick it off with today's scores. Now, I always like to do this: give a little overview of today's NFL games to pretty much see were there any shockers out there. Uh, we had the Vikings beating the Browns 33-16. Um, I don't think that was a real shocker there. The game was much closer than how it actually shaped up to be. Um, you had the, the you had the Raiders in the Bills game. That was uh, that was a pretty that was pretty shocking. I actually had the the Bills losing that game, and the fact that they were able to beat the Oakland Raiders 34 to 14. I don't know the Raiders. You know, I had high hopes for the Raiders going into this season, and it just seems like they just Falling flat on their face. Um, with the, ever since that chronic back injury that hurt Derek Carr, uh, we had the Colts versus the Bengals. Everybody knows I am a Bengals fan. Who day? Uh, we had the Colts Bengals twenty four twenty three. The Bengals barely won that game. I was not impressed with my team at all. I was pretty disappointed with their showing today, uh, particularly with the offensive line. But we'll talk much much more about that as the show goes on. Yeah, the Chargers versus the Patriots. That was also a good game. Patriots won the game 21-13. Bears, uh, you had the Bears and the Saints. Saints beat the Bears 20-12. to That was a pretty much a nail-biter. Came down to the end. Um, Falcons and Jets. Now, that game was much closer than anticipated. Now, before I continue to go on with the different scores, Eddie, I got a quick question for you. For you. Do you think, is it me, or does the, do the Falcons look like a shell of their former selves since last year? They really do, Malik. They really do. Since Kyle Shanahan left that offense, they looked out of shape. They can't get nothing together. Julio, Matt Ryan, where's that connection? Julio has that, one touchdown, maybe maybe two on the year. Where's that connection there? In the Super Bowl, they were I, connecting nonstop in the first half. Julio's the ghost now. I agree with you on that one. I agree 110%. What's bothering me is that we're talking about a team who just was in the in the Super Bowl. We're not just talking about your regular old playoff team. We're talking about a team who just were, was in the Super Bowl, and might I add, they almost won the Super Bowl. Came straight down to the fourth quarter where they lost to the New England Patriots in TB12, the, the, the best ever. Um, but with that being said, it just seems like the Falcons seem like a show of their former selves. Now, I thought the loss of Kyle Shanahan would be huge. Trust me. I really did. I even thought the Super Bowl loss would be huge, too. I had no idea that the Falcons would struggle, you know, to the, to the extent that they struggled this season. I mean, we're talking about a Falcons team only put up a touchdown against the Patriots last week. We're talking about a Falcons team who almost lost to the New York Jets today. They only beat the Jets by five points. There's something Malik, you said about that. If you, don't mi- if you don't mind, I'm a Dolphins fan, and they lost to the Dolphins two weeks ago. The Falcons. My point. This is my point. They, but and, what is going were, on in Atlanta? Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm struggling. It's, like, you know, it's, it's, like, I, like, it's disgusting. I, I think what it comes down to is the identity. You know, every good offense, every good defense has an identity. You see, what most teams do is when they come out to, uh, to a game is they like to establish some type of a pattern, particularly run the ball, run the ball, play action, then set up some different things basically to get the, the defense out of wax. You are not seeing any of that with the Atlanta Falcons this year. And I don't want to hear anything about, oh, my God, they don't have the players. Because we're talking about Matt Ryan, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We're talking about Julio Jones, who is easily top three wide receivers in the NFL. We're talking about – we also have Muhammad Sanu. Muhammad Sanu. That's a good – Taylor Gabriel. I mean, he has the weapons, Austin Hooper. He's heavy. He has the weapon. You know, I'm a Bengals fan. You, you're looking at my team where I, I say, you know, the Bengals, uh, they got some weapons, but they don't have the offensive line. The Falcons have no excuse. The Falcons have no excuse. We're talking about a team who ha- experienced really little, uh, really 
little turnover except the loss of Kyle Shanahan. Now, don't get me wrong. Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant offensive-minded coach. That's why he's the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers right now. But you mean to tell me when, when, when an offensive coordinator leaves a team, there's still some things, there's still some, there's still some, uh, some knowledge he instilled within those players that they should be able to carry with them. I mean, don't, wouldn't you agree? Well, do you think – I do 100% agree with everything you're saying, Malik. Do you think with a fluke, do you think them making it to the Super Bowl last year with a fluke and they'll never come close within the next two or three years? I think that they won't come close to the Super Bowl, but if they won't come close to the Super Bowl because the Falcons won't allow themselves to. Whatever is going on in that organization right now, I have no idea. I saw a report earlier this week that suggested that Matt Schaub, Matt Schaub, who is the backup quarterback, might I add, to Matt Ryan, should be the offensive play caller because he well, he would experience the most time under Kyle Shanahan. Now, I understand, like, I, I understand that he experienced a lot of time under Kyle Shanahan, and I respect that. But also, something has to be said for the fact that he's not that, – that this offense is just not clicking. I mean, you let two of his assistant coaches walk out the door. You let two of his assistant coaches walk out, out the door. You let Kyle Shanahan walk out the door. I mean, granted, he got a head coaching position. But you mean to tell me that your organization, your front office, is that out of, out of whack from that loss? that they didn't get the proper replacement. You see, part of being a good leader is having a, 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 um, a successor to take, your, to take your spot when you do leave. If you don't have that, you're not a real leader, in my opinion. But now, Malik, this doesn't fall directly. The, this, continue, go ahead. You, play, you don't see that on the field from any player, though. You don't see the hype. You don't players getting involved, getting into the game, like a Ray Lewis, like a J.J. Watt. You don't see no one, not on the defense side, not on the offensive side. No one, no one. And they're, they're losing. They're barely winning. They're squeaking by games. There's no emotion on that sideline, none. Leadership starts in the locker room. I think it's the players that we should be looking at and not people in, like, the vice president, the general manager, the owner, the coaches. I look at them. The reason why I look at them is because uh, they're, they're, Sarkisian, who is their offense coordinator right now, he just seems completely inept to do, to do his job. He doesn't seem – you see no rhythm being established with the Atlanta Falcons, as you did last year. Once again, I mean, we can keep going back to the Kyle Shanahan. We can keep going back to, the Kyle, to Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, how they lost him to the San Francisco 49ers. But part of being an NFL football franchise – is the ability to, you know, hire uh, if a person leaves, be able to replace them successfully, and, you know, not basically lose a beat. This team has totally it, – it's just stressful even talking about them because, like I said, I had so many high hopes for them going into the season. And for them to struggle the way that they're struggling right now, I don't have an answer for it. Uh, but anyway. Before last <laughs> – before last year, too, though, before last year, too, Atlanta was never, you know, they were always that team to win, okay, the first five games, six games, then lose the next seven, eight games, not make the playoffs. You know, it was Agreed. just last Agreed. year that they really over, overextended that hype, you know? It really made, it, made, a push for, made a push for the championship, you know? It could be a hangover. It could be a fluke. The, Kyle Shanahan leaving and them doing this bad, I'm surprised Kyle it, Shanahan has not won a game. I'm surprised. Yeah. Uh, Looking I'm at not, Atlanta that, Falcons. The team he has. Well, yeah, the team, the quarterback. It starts with the quarterback. They have, you know. Uh, I mean, you go, you go from another... having Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu to having <laughs> nobody. <Ron Hoyer laughs> you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I, I, that doesn't really shock me. I, I think that's, I think, I think we're seeing that in Cleveland as well. But um, to switch gears a little bit. Uh, I want to talk to you about one of the topics that you and I, you know, we said we were going to talk about today. It's the impact of, a, of, of the losses. I know it's kind of, a, it's kind of old news, but like I said, I haven't been on the air in so long that I kind of want to touch into it. It's about the impact, um, the losses of Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham, and J.J. Watt. In your opinion, Eddie, who would you say is the bigger loss and why? Aaron Rodgers, 
100%. Looking at the stats and stuff from other players, Houston right now has terrific quarterback play, terrific quarterback play. They don't have to rely on the defense 100% now. They're getting plays from their offense, offensive players making plays, Will Fuller, Hopkins, Lamar Miller. They don't need I don't. They don't need JJ, but the offense is stepping up now. He's a hit or miss. Beckham brings a lot of attitude, but Rodgers. Looking at Rodgers in 2013, when he was injured with the collarbone, that team went on to win four, lose four games. I'm sorry, Malik, lose four games and tie one. Mm-hmm. They went from they went from averaging 30.2 points a game with Rodgers to averaging 21.5 points a game. Rodgers is that team. He is that team. And they had a better team back then. Now, Aaron, Aaron Jones, you know, maybe they're finding their running back, maybe. But Rodgers is the MVP of that team. Without him, they win maybe three, four games. I would agree. I, I mean, I'm not going to dispute. I mean, no matter which way you look at it, all three of them were significant losses. Will we yeah. agree on that? They yeah. were, no matter which, way you, no which, matter which way you cut it, it's all yes. significant losses, right? Yes. Now, to mind a guy. I'm a defensive-minded guy. I love defense. I think uh, when you go in terms of a bigger loss now, I look at J.J. Watt because we talk about how good the Houston Texans are. Let's talk about how good the Houston Texans could actually be, right? J.J. Watt, you know, you made mention earlier of a Ray Lewis type of presence. Now, when you're getting down to the home stretch and you, you, you need those veteran players, you know, to step up, when you look at it, in my opinion, undoubtedly, when he's healthy, J.J. Watt is quite naturally the best football player on the Houston Texans. One can make the argument he's one of the best in the league. <laughs> But I think undoubtedly he's the best football player on the Houston Texans. And um, I challenge anyone to debate that. Um, we're talking about a guy who has multiple defensive MVP uh, awards. We're talking about a guy who also provides us a different, um, how do I say, a, a different swagger to his football team. So when I look at the impact of J.J. Watt, you know, this is like the second year in a row where they've lost J.J. Watt. And I do start to question how good the Houston Texans could actually be if they had J.J. Now, Odell Beckham, you know, I, I think that is a huge loss for the Giants. But once again, uh, Odell Beckham, you know, he'll give you a solid 100 yards a game. But I don't know if Odell Beckham necessarily is that, is that, is that, has that game-changing ability as a J.J. Watt or Aaron Rodgers. I've seen, I've seen Odell Beckham have some great games, but I've, I've yet to see Odell Beckham actually perform in the clutch how Aaron Rodgers or J.J. Watt does. But, Change you know, the mood of the game. Aaron, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If anything, he brings the Giants down. Um, but that's yeah. just my personal opinion. That's just my, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Now, uh, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, there was a little rumor that came out today that uh, there were two teams that are reportedly reaching out to the Detroit Lions, and they're, they're, they're trying to gain the rights of Calvin Johnson with the hopes that they can lure him out of retirement. Now, in your opinion, Eddie, can this happen? Yes, 100%. Calvin Johnson loves the game of football. Hands down, mm-hmm. probably the best receiver to ever come into the NFL. He spends his time around teams, helps teams. He loves the game. He misses it. I can see him come back. But he would have to go to a contender. You know, he would have to go to, I don't want to say it, but the New England Patriots. You know, go to New England. (laughs) You know, go be Tom Brady's go-to guy and win win yourself a championship. He definitely, definitely deserves a championship. If he comes back, he's coming back with the mind of looking for a championship. He's not coming back to – Play for that is that. nine and nine and sixteen, ten and sixteen. You know, he wants a championship. If he comes back, he's coming back to Tom Brady. So, coming I mean, back to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's a big if, though. That's a, that's yeah, a huge yeah, if. We're talking about if. a guy who walked away at the top of the league. We're talking about a guy who walked away as the best receiver in the league when he did walk away. It was a shocker to people. 
I remember we did a whole uh, we did a whole we we uh we did a whole entire segment dedicated to Calvin Johnson when we heard the news. We were actually on air when we found out that Calvin Johnson um, is retiring. But I don't look at Calvin Johnson as the, the the guy that will come out of retirement at this point in his career. I look at Calvin Johnson as, as um, at best, I, I think Calvin Johnson had his playing days. He was he's very he's very um, he's okay with where he where he's left off. Where he's 32 years of age now. Um, there's not too much more Calvin Johnson um, has to prove. There's not too much. There's not. There's not too much more Calvin Johnson has to prove, but other than get a Super Bowl ring. But then you have to also understand that by Calvin Johnson making the decision to come out of retirement, if if this was told to uh, the Detroit Lions, the, the, the Detroit Lions are not going to just give Calvin Johnson up if he tells them, hey, I'm going to come out of retirement, because that will be an absolute slap in the face to them. If anything, if Calvin Johnson was to ever come out of retirement, I would see him coming out of retirement to continue to play for the Detroit Lions. I would not see him come out of retirement for any other motivating factor. We're not talking about a, a, a bad team here. We're talking about a team who has a pretty good quarterback in Matt Stafford. I want to well, say I mean, they made it to well, like they made it to the playoffs. If if you're going to come out, this is time to. They made it to the playoffs last year. This is true. So. This is true. I am not debating that. I, I, I do believe that Calvin Johnson has won this, but I do not see him – I don't see him coming out. I think that is just a rumor. I kind of just wanted to touch on it to, to just talk about it because, like I just said, I find it baffling that this is coming up. This is like the third year in a row this has come up now where it's about – where people have said that Calvin Johnson is going to come out of retirement. Lo and behold, Calvin Johnson says he's very content with retirement. Um, we don't even know if the guy's in shape still. We don't even – I mean – I, I hope he is, but we don't even know if he's in football shape still. Well, so with that being said, how long said, has he been out? Two, three years? Two years? About that, yes, uh, three years. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. So again, yeah, it, it, it's it's tough to say that he's going to come out of retirement to, you know, to um, and you know the team that's pursuing him is the Eagles too, apparently. So with that being said, especially Eagles, halfway Eagles, halfway through the NFL season. Exactly, it is it would just be strange for them to come out and yeah. you know try to prove something. But with that being said, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. I really want to talk about them. I've been waiting. I've been dying to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles because I'm living here in South Jersey. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in North Jersey my entire life. Now, growing up in North Jersey, I dealt with a lot of crazy Giants fans. I thought I dealt with a lot of superstitious fans who believed that every four years they were going to win a Super Bowl, who believed Eli Manning was an elite quarterback. By the way, he's not. Um and now living in South Jersey, I used to despise I used to despise Giants fans, but now living in South Jersey, I've come to the conclusion that Eagles fans, Philadelphia Eagles fans, are completely delusional. <laughs> I I believe it could be a little brutal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, literally, I try to give their team props. I say, you know, you guys are doing very good right now. You know, you guys are having an excellent season. I mean, they're seven and one. They're first in the NFC East, and they're looking good. Take they're it for looking it great, Malik. Take it for what I said. Take, you said what? They're looking great. They're fourth in the league for they're, points, 29 points a game. They're, they're, do, they're doing a great job. But now I'm hearing Eagles fans, when I sit down and I talk with them, I try to have an a actual, just a, a, a general conversation with them and just talk sports with them. Then you hear what? Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in the NFL. Wentzylvania. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. The Eagles are going to blow every team out of the water. So this is what caused me to sort of get annoyed with them, with these Eagles fans. We're talking about an Eagles team. Yes, they are 7-1. Yes, they are first in the NFC East. But let's dissect. Let's actually dissect how, how good the, the, they are, actually. Well, I'm going to run down who they played so far. They played the Chiefs, their opening game, and they lost twenty to twenty to twenty to twenty to twenty seven. They lost by a touchdown to a very good football team. Then they beat the winless New York Giants at this point. The, the Giants they beat them twenty four to twenty seven. Now let's talk about that for a moment, Eagles fans. Eagles fans. You beat the Giants 
24 to 27. That could have easily, that could have easily been a loss. Now, granted, any game could, could easily be a loss, but where that gets me going is if you guys are as good as you say you are or as good as you think you are, then you should have no problem handling the Giants. And then I got, I got hit with the, oh, that's a division game. Okay, yep. so let's then talk about the Chargers, yep. who you barely beat, 26 to 24. That's not a division game. If you guys are as good as you say you are, you guys should have easily beaten the Chargers, especially with the receiving court you have. But Malik, then, the thing is, yeah, I'm sorry, there is no perfect team this year. This football season, no. there is no perfect team. There's absolutely no perfect team. Plus, the oh, New Orleans Saints are going to be perfect in three weeks. You know, look at the look at the Saints. I, the Saints are, I believe, five and two. You know. Yeah. Well, this is the point Anything. that I'm getting at. This is this is the point that I'm getting at. I understand that there are no personal teams, no no perfect teams. However, I want to dissect where these fans become delusional and think that they are clearly untouchable. That's why I'm dissecting their record the way I am. The Cardinals, they beat the Cardinals handily, 34-7. to Cardinals have quarterback issues. I've always felt that way with an aging receiving core. I've always felt that way, and they also had running back issues at this point. They beat the Panthers 28-23. to That was a good win as well. They beat the Redskins, and then they beat the 49ers. Yeah, they don't have a win on the season. I mean, what are we really talking about here? Looking at their schedule, their schedule has not been hard. It's not it doesn't been get any real competition this season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's yeah. you know, I, I just look I look at their team and I just say, I understand Carson Wentz is having a very, very good football season. I understand your team is having a very good football season. But your division is not having a very good football season. The gun on things. Because I I find that when you jump the gun on things you you sometimes you know, shoot yourself in the hip. I have nothing against the Eagles, trust me. If you guys go on and win the Super Bowl, I will be the first one to congratulate you guys. But what I will say is hold off. Just hold off on the, the, the celebration. Just hold off on the the excitement and, and, and bashing other teams and talking about how great you guys are. There is still a lot of football left to be played, guys. There is still a lot of football left to be played, and it's only October. That's all I have to say about that. Any words you have to say? Uh, we'll see. You know, it's it's tough to call. You know, KC was the top dog in the beginning, and then they fell down. It's all about when you find a when you're when you're riding a wave in the NFL, you have to you have to continue to ride that wave. You have to continue to believe. Yeah. Because you can go from you can go from hero to zero in a heartbeat. You can go from hero to zero in a heartbeat. I, so I think it's very important. That the Philadelphia Eagles do ride that wave, but there's a thing also of getting ahead of yourselves. And yeah, you know Under the Super Bowl is not one. The Super Bowl is quarterback. The Super, exactly. This is the Super Bowl isn't one in October. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Yeah. So, simmer down, Eagles fans. The Super Bowl is not one in October. Uh, trust me. Because we're talking about Eagles. the Giants. Huh? <laughs> fly high, Eagles. Fly, no, they can fly high is all they want. But what I'm saying is, the same talk that I'm hearing right now. Let's let's continue to hear that talk in the later months. So let's hear it in, in February. If you guys are you know, you guys are saying going to the Super Bowl, I want to hear the same exact talk in February. What I don't want what I don't expect is for you guys to be sitting at home with the talks that I've been hearing. So that's all I gotta say about that. Make it happen, Philadelphia Eagles, because your fans are ah, you know, out of control. But you know, that's the NFC team. Let's switch gears. I gotta ask you a question, Andy. And this is a very, very uh, important question. In your opinion, are the Jaguars serious contenders? You look at the defense and you want to say yes. Then you look at the offense. Okay, they're missing their number one receiver, but their other receiving core guys, you know, their number twos, number threes are decent. And you look at the quarterback and Blake Boros. And Blake Bortles, where do I start with Blake Bortles? He, most inconsistent <laughs> quarterback possibly. He looked good his rookie year. I give it to him. His rookie year, Blake came out looking good. And then he just fell off the map. Just fell off the map completely. And they did nothing but build around him. They built him a great team. They built Blake Bortles a great team. And he just isn't living up to 
his draft pick is not living up to his draft pick. But um, contenders, definitely not. Um, Blake Bortles, once he gets pressure from top top defenses like Seattle coming into face, he's he's going down. He's going down. You know, but, I've been asked that same question. I've been asked this question: Are how many how many how 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 many pieces away are the are the um are the Jaguars away from a quarterback? I've been asked that question multiple times, and my answer has consistently been: They're about a. <laughs> They, they, the question is, how, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I kind of stumbled on my words there. But the question I, I was, I'm generally asked is, how many pieces are the Jaguars away from a Super Bowl? And my answer has always been, they're about a quarterback and a player away from a Super Bowl. Because they are not going to get the job done with Blake Borders. I'll tell you that right now. He's a turnover no. he, um Like you said, they built that team around him. They, they literally stacked. They built him a squad. They built Absolutely. a legion of boom, and he Absolutely. is not living up to it. And he, and not gonna lie, coming out of the draft, I honestly expected him to be good. You know, he's a six-five quarterback. He's a kind of a big bend, you can say, big frame, get the ball downfield, move around. He can see over the offensive lineman. I expected a decent quarterback, and being that tall downfield, and you throw pick after pick after pick. I, I'm surprised he's still on Jacksonville. But, you know, with having Tom Coughlin in office now, I think that's going to help him. He, Tom Coughlin knows he has a running back. He knows he has a defense. Get a quarterback. Get this team a quarterback, and I, I see a 10-16, and 11-5 team, depending who's quarterback. But. Oh, I, I agree completely. I think they've provided – they've built – you know – They've built they built a, a football team around him. You know, any any other quarterback under center, I'm not going to say any other quarterback, but um, any, any quarterback other than Blake Borders under center, I give them a real chance. But I want to stop you right now. I think we have a caller calling in to the right way, so I'm going to get to that right now. Uh, thank you for calling in to the right way with Malik and Eddie Mazur. Who am I speaking with? Yo, what up? Yo, what up? It's your boy Xavier, yo. I'm sorry, who's this? This is Xavier. How you doing? What's up, man? I'm here, you know, just supporting my boys, supporting my boys' blog, you already know. Here to talk about the controversial issues, you know. Sure. Let's talk about it. What's on your mind? Man, yo, I want to talk about fellas. Yo, all the fellas listening out here, yo. How many dates do you think is acceptable Wait, yo, are you allowed to use profanity on this show? Uh, I prefer really? not, but <laughs> if you must. <laughs> All right. All right. How many? How many? How many dates does it take, fellas, until like a woman is in the right to let us hit, to let us get the pushy? You know what I'm saying? What 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 do you what do you think? What's your what's your take on it, Malik? How many how many dates how many things to dates till you can get the uh, pussy? Like what's up? Well this is this is actually uh a sports podcast. Oh uh, damn. Yeah, I can't I can't I can't put I can't put any input but alright, you know. Fucking yo. Yeah, sorry about that guys. I don't know who that was that called in. Um evidently they weren't <laughs> Listening into the podcast, uh, my apologies, sincere apologies to that. Listening anyways, correctly. Like we sa- yeah, listening correctly. Anyways, like we were saying, the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, in my opinion, are, uh, are like I said, like a, a prayer and a quarterback away from actually being considered real Super Bowl contenders because any other quarterback in the league, starting caliber quarterback in the league, I believe can lead this team to a championship. With that being said, um, Marcel Darius trade. What did you? How bizarre do you think that Marcel Darius trade was? Uh, I hope they didn't overdo it. I hope they're still gonna play good. I think he's a good addition, great addition, not good, great. You know, yeah. You really need him. I mean, you you need a quarterback. You don't need a you don't need a defensive tackle, defensive lineman. You need a quarterback. So I mean, we'll see. I think it was useless, unnecessary, but I mean. It, Hey, if you have money and you want to go out and buy another defensive line for a top five defensive line, go for it. 
if you want to lose football yeah. games. That's my opinion. Absolutely. Though, yeah. You need it. You need a quarterback. Quarterback is gonna win you games. I think that was just waste, and it makes no sense. Yeah, I, I found it very. Did, I, I found it extremely. I found it extremely odd that they traded uh, a six-round pick. I mean, it, listen, I, I view draft picks a little bit different. I think if you trade, if you trade someone a six-round pick, I believe if you trade someone a six-round pick for a uh, a six-round pick for a um, for a for a, for an elite player like Marcel Darius, who is, in my opinion, is one of the league's best defensive tackles. Um, <clears throat> I think that you're really saying that's what he's worth to you in your eyes. Now, I could be wrong. I, I, I could be totally wrong, but like I said, I think they could have easily, for Marcel Darius, gotten maybe a second or third round pick. But to get a sixth round pick for him, that's kind of like a, I don't know. You, you, you do yourself, you don't do yourself uh, any favors. Um, they, they, in my opinion, they easily could have, could have gotten more for him. But this seems more, in my opinion, like maybe it was just a, a cap room, a cap, uh, a cap room. It could, um, it could have been a cap room trade. issue because yeah. Buffalo Bills do need a lot of addition to that team. I'm actually surprised on how well the Buffalo Bills are doing. But, yeah, it, it's strange. It's strange, especially when, when we're talking it, about a team who, in the beginning of the season, uh, traded away Sammy Watkins. I didn't, you know, I didn't see the, that. I didn't. And they were trying him. to get rid of Tyrod Taylor. And the last year, talked about Tyrod yeah, Taylor not coming it, back. It's, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of strange, you it, know. Like, I don't know. I, I certain teams you could you just kind of figure out what kind of direction the organization is going yeah. in, but that team you can't really I can't really place a finger on it as to what direction that football team is going on is going in. Uh, Jackson, um, but like I said, Jacksonville, I think it's a hit or miss for Jacksonville. I don't. I really don't think it's going to affect them. I think Buffalo's can be really affected, but unless oh, they absolutely. make. make Unless they made room for someone, but you could have at least got a third round pick, maybe six round. I don't know, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean uh, by the looks of it, the way they performed today against the, the Oakland Raiders, uh, I'm sorry. The yeah, it's, it's, yeah, the, they, they yeah, the Oakland Raiders right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they may they may not need them for by the way they performed today. But yeah. the switch gears on a more serious the, the switch gears. On a more serious topic, um, early in the week, you know, I know this topic is sensitive to some people. Early in the week, we saw, uh, we heard about the comments that were made by Houston, Texas owner Bob McNair. Um, the comments were very derogatory. They were derogatory comments, you know, made made about players. Um, I believe the what he said was, "You can't let inmates, you can't let the inmates run the prison," referring to yeah. the football players and their kneeling. I kind of wanted to get what your take was as far as what do you think the impact that has on on the league, and is it being? Do you think it's going to be blown out of proportion, or do you think, or do you no, think um, definitely not? I for for Bob McNair to come out and say something like that after everything that we're going through with in the last month, Donald Trump making his um, political comment, adding. Bring the NFL and politics together. That started a month ago. This comment just made that worse by by far ten times worse. Um, that comment was utterly disgusting. These are players that you have playing for you. You want them to win you a championship, and you refer to them as inmates. That is complete, utterly disgusting, disrespectful. I'm surprised they did not take the logos off their helmets, like. There were rumors going around they were going to take the decals off their helmets. I'm surprised they didn't. I'm, su- but 75% of the Houston Texans, if not, took a kneel down today. So, yeah. But you know, I, it, the way I look at it is, I think, I think NFL owners need to be held to a higher standard. Um, I think they need to. It's just as well as they expect players to abide by the rules and to be set the example. NFL owners have to understand they set the example for the players who then set the example for us, for kids. You know, I, I look at I look at the comments he made, um, and you know I try to put it into a context where, you know, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And the way I looked at it when I saw his comments was I said, you know, maybe he didn't mean it that way, but there's no way 
there's no way we can change it or extort it and kind of give this guy a break. It was completely out of line what he said. And, and, and I can understand why a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who continues to, to, to bust his ass for you, we can week out, and, you know, exactly. Wouldn't go to wouldn't want to go to practice. That those are some so everything that's going on in our and not in the just the league right now, but in our country. You know, we got to be more mindful of the, of the kind of things that we says. You know, I know there are some people who are calling for you know his removal, his dismissal as owner. Um, sort of like Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling was asked to step down. Um, that was in the NBA though. But with, with the comments that were made by Bob McNair, I think um, – I, I know he, he sat down with his team. He apologized and he let them know. But you got to understand, if something isn't done about this now, this can become a larger issue, uh, you, know, uh, you know, going down the road. I'm not exactly – I'm not saying he should resign as the owner necessarily, but I'm just saying there is some type of punishment that owners should or, – or, or some type of – uh, standard ownership to hold themselves to, and they should also be held to. I mean, not just Bob Mc, Bob McNair though. Not not even just the comments. I'm just talking about NFL owners in the past. You know, you look at a guy like Jim Irsay, who's the who's the Indianapolis Colts owner, who I who who people know how I feel about him on the show. I've voiced it many times. Jim Irsay to me is one of the most despicable owners there are. We're talking about a guy who has countless, countless, countless DUIs. Um, he is not the standard that you want, you know, he is not the standard you want You want being set as an NFL owner or as a leader of a franchise. And well, maybe that's why luck talk- isn't getting any better. <laughs> yeah, all right. Now, I, I, I was like- actually having this conversation. It's actually the conversation I was having the other day. I said, you know, I said, uh, Jim Ursay, it's very surprising to me that he doesn't have more rebel. He doesn't have rebellion um, or we've never heard of any players rebelling against his authority. Because I'll tell you what right now, if Jim Irsay had some of the players that are around the league, like a Pac-Man Jones or, or so, he'd be dealing with, with so, so, so much more than just, uh, you know, um, he'd, he'd have to deal with so much more than just, you know, the regular slap on the wrist, don't do that. Yeah. You know, I, it's, just, it's, kind of, it's just kind of shocking to me. Yeah. That, that that players don't rebel against him. It's it's pretty shocking. But with that being said, uh, like I just said, all we could really do is just hope for the better. Now we got a, another caller calling in. Let me see who this is. Thank you for calling in live to the right way. This is Malik. Who am I speaking with? This is Alex. How you doing, Alex? I'm good. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing doing really good. Uh, we'll bring you in calling in to, to the show. I just had a comment about the uh, McNair situation. I don't agree sure. with when uh, your co-host Eddie said he came out. Come out and say anything. It was a private room discussion going on between owners, coaches, and everyone in that organization. Apparently, mm-hmm. as you can see, someone had maybe a problem with what he said, and that's when you when the meeting's done, you pull them aside and say, look, I I didn't agree with that statement you said. But, no, maybe he had a grudge about, against McNair for saying that or something, and he wanted to make it public, which is just going to cause more tension and drama in this league, which the league doesn't need. Or That's all I wanted to say. I, I, look, what he said was wrong. I agree with it, but it didn't, he didn't, it's not like he intentionally meant for uh, to get out. I, so, I have a good night, guys. I understood. Thanks for calling in. Well, I, uh, I totally respect, I totally respect yeah. the opinion, you know, as far as, as no, far I as, understand. Uh, that. Privacy. But, you know, well, people are going to talk. Well, yeah, absolutely. When you're, when you're, when so you're looked at and uh, when you're in the public eye, you know, yeah. You're held to a standard. Correct. Correct. You're so in a these, room these full of owners. Of, you know, you're NFL, held to a yeah, higher standard. The NFL yeah. Players Association was there. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I, I totally understand. I, I totally understand. Yeah. I, I absolutely thank. I absolutely thank Alex for calling yeah. and voicing his opinion. Yeah, nah. I really appreciate it. This is what we. This is what we asked for in the right way. You know, people yeah. to voice your opinion. We might not always agree on things, 
But this is what it's all about. By the way, while we're at it, I just wanted to add that you guys could reach me at on Twitter at the right way at BSP. You could also reach me on the Instagram page at the right way with Malik Wright, Facebook, the right way with Malik Wright. And you can also reach me in my email, therealmalikwright at gmail.com. That is where I generally speak with you guys and, you know, different, I had different engagements about different, about, uh, about different topics and everything like that. So with that being said, that, that's all I have to say. If you guys ever want to reach out to me, um, those are the different, different outlets you guys can reach, can reach me at. Um, with that being said, let's talk about coaches on the hot seat. Now, listen, I know it's still kind of early in the season, but I don't know. It seems like some coaches, some coaches, uh, seats might be warming up a little bit. Wouldn't you agree, Eddie? Uh, too early to tell, you know, with the way the the season's been, each team is hot, each team's not. The only team that I would really, really think about being on the hot seat, honestly, Cleveland, possibly. He, yeah. And, and, yes, and, and the fact that and the fact that the Cleveland Browns actually said that they're that Hugh Jackson wasn't on the hot seat. It's kind of shocking. It's 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 pretty shocking. You know, it was interesting wording they used. They said he isn't on the hot seat as of now. Now, we're talking about currently right now. I believe he holds he he has a record as the Cleveland Browns head coach of 1 in 23. Um, I don't know how many more games it's going to take for them to, you know, relieve him of his duties. But I certainly would be shocked if Hugh Jackson entered 2018 uh, with after completing this season with at least one or two wins or, or no wins at that. And in 2018, he's given the chance to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns again. Now, I know the, the Cleveland Browns want to preach consistency. I know that's what they want to preach. They want to preach consistency. And they actually have a good roster right now, in my opinion. But I can't even make – I can't even make a, um, a argument or or um, or reason why they should keep Hugh Jackson as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns right now. Um, if there, I'm sure there are people who believe he still should be the the, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. I, I do believe that he is a very good coach. I just think he's a a good coach in a bad situation. What, what do you think about that? Yes, most definitely. His record speaks for himself. The way he switches his quarterback play, I it's like a He's like running around with no head, you know. Yeah, he it, just it, can't it, find it. He can't find the re- he can't find the recipe to um, success. Starting with quarterback, he he can't even find. That's not talking about running a team. He can't even run a quarterback. He can't find the quarterback. It's just start over, get rid of him, kick him out. I mean, I would have to agree at this point. You, you, you'd have to do something. You have to make some type of a change. Um, I'm I'm surprised but, no players have came out, but I respect them. You know, the players don't want to make it public, but, you know, the record speaks for itself, 1-23. Three different quarterbacks, three yeah. different quarterbacks a season sometimes. They're averaging three quarterbacks a season. It's it's uh, embarrassing. It, 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 I, that's why I don't get how no players came out yet, because you're yeah, embarrassed it, it's a strange to the league for the last how long. Yeah. It's, exactly, and it's, like I said, I, I think I yeah. think it, it I think it's a it's a direct it's it, this is directly on the organization on people in the front office they've got to do a better job of corralling uh, you know behind them you know you told you you know the first thing you guys preach when when Hugh Jackson became the head coach of the Cleveland Browns was consistency 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 and uh, that you were going to be behind him and that he was going to full have full control. Um, I don't. I mean, you know, he's coming from being the office coordinator in Cincinnati. Um, I'm looking at him, and I, I think that Hugh Jackson has much more to offer. And I, I just think that he's just found himself in a bad situation. Now it's kind of weird. I even said it when he became the coach of the Cleveland Browns. He passed up the New York Giants, uh, a potential a potential offer with the New York Football Giants, to then take over the Cleveland Browns. Like, I, to me, it was just a weird situation. Um, knowing the turmoil, knowing that they aren't consistent, knowing they're not, they've shown no sense of loyalty to any coach that they had. Um, I believe I, – I said it a couple of years ago. I believe the Cleveland Browns had their coach in Rochazinski, uh, who's now a part of the uh, Indianapolis Colts staff. I, you know, I, I look at it now, and I'm just like, you know, what's going on? You know, they missed out on uh, – they missed out on um, – they missed out on uh, 
several quarterbacks in the past years of, you know, people that could have probably took their franchise to the next level. I mean, do you blame it on the quarterback? Do you blame it on the coach? Do you blame it on the front office? I think of a situation, I think if, if, I think if we continue to look at it and we say, you know, this is bad, this is bad, bad is bad. At some point, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you know what, I'm the issue. I think that's what the front office has to do, whether it be the owner, whether it be the executive people that are part of, ahead of the football operations. I think they have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know, what is it that we are doing? What are we doing wrong? What's going on? Until they do that, they're going to keep, you know, switching between coaches and, and, and swapping this guy in and out, swapping that guy in and out until they find the solution. But NFL fans, listeners, I'm, I'm sure anybody would agree with me that at some point I, I believe it's the Cleveland Browns organization. I don't believe it's the coaches at this point. I think you'd have to look at you have to look at the people that are that are that are sitting in the front office positions, getting paid these millions and millions of dollars to make these executive decisions, and they're consistently just just not doing a, a good job at. It. So that's all I really got to say about the, the I, Cleveland Browns. Um, I have to now, say a few other things that stand out to me. Sure. Uh, oh. Sorry, say that again. Yeah, I'm I'm here. Uh, yes, I'm like sorry. Going in and out. Uh, yep. Yeah. No yeah. Jim Caldwell, the Detroit Lions, and um, Chuck Pagano, the Indianapolis Colts. Chuck Pagano. Those are two coaches. You okay. Yeah. Do we wait for Andrew Luck to come back? You know, there were talks about Pagano leaving possibly a year ago, two years ago. And Andrew Luck, another mishap mm-hmm. today. He had to go seek a doctor. Shoulder, I believe it is. So what yep. do we do? Do we wait for Andrew Luck to come back, or do they move on from Pagano? I'll put it this way. Good coaches are able to make good adjustments, the proper adjustments to put their, their uh, football team in a position to be successful. This is not – something that snuck up on the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck has been dealing with shoulder injuries for the better part of going on two seasons now. This is the second season where he's become unavailable for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, with that being said, at some point you have to look at, you know, like I said, you got to look at the coach. you got to say, you know, he's not making proper adjustments or doing what's needed to put this team to the next level. I mean, I believe Aaron Rock, I mean, uh, Andrew Luck is a, a tremendous quarterback. He's a tremendous NFL quarterback. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league when he does play. But once again, that's when he does play. As of late, we have not experienced him playing. So, um, like I said, I, I think you have to look at the coaching at this point. You have to look at the coaching and you have to say, what is it that he's not doing? What is it that, what is it that we could be doing better? Like I said, I'm, I totally don't – I really don't know what it is, but I do think that uh, come at the end of the season, the Indianapolis Colts do have to look at, the, look at the coaching and they have to sit down and actually say, is this the way we want to go with our franchise or are we just going to live and die with Andrew Luck and pretty much not make any proper adjustments or hold the team any accountable because, Aaron, Aaron, you know, Andrew Luck wasn't playing. You know, when, when, when NFL starting quarterbacks go out, any good NFL coach makes the proper adjustments to make his – his team's still competitive. That's just what I've seen. I mean, you have tons of backup quarterbacks around the league right now who are available for trade. You got guys like Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care how much the Patriots say he's not available for trade. Give him the right price. Any quarter, any player is made available for for trade. Now, you guys got guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, Agent McCarron. You know, guys that are young, guys that are hungry, guys that are ready to to start. You know. You look at the Green Bay Packers. They they went down with Aaron Rodgers, so they put in uh, they put in Brett Hundley, kid from UCLA, who I was high on when he came out of school. So once once again, how how bad do you want success? How bad do you want your your football team to be successful? What is it? What is it? What are you gonna? What is it gonna take for you to want to take your your football team to the next level? And mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's something that has to be asked. But you know, you said you uh, you know you said Cleveland. You said uh, we talked about yeah. I said um, Jim Caldwell too. Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. Jim just, Caldwell as well. I'm, yes, I don't now, know. Jim I, Caldwell. I, 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 I think it's hit or miss. I, I think they just gave him an extension. So I, it'd be very yeah, hard. No, they did. They did. Yeah, they did. It'd be very no, hard. I, I, I see. It, I don't see it happening. It's far fetched, but I don't know. As soon as Calvin left, I would have been a. 
I would have been like, what's going on in the locker room? Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I would I would agree. Now, what I, one coach, I don't know if you necessarily want to say he's on the hot seat. I don't think he – I think his seat is so hot he doesn't have the seat to sit down on anymore. But it's my coach. It's the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals and Marvin Lewis. I, I think Marvin Lewis's days as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals – listen to what I said. His days – as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals are numbered. I don't think his, his days in Cincinnati are necessarily numbered. I think he is going to move up to a front office position at the end of the, end of the year. Um, I think Mike Brown would love to keep him on. That's why he's probably going to let his contract expire and then find a replacement at that point. You know, Marvin Lewis, you can't, you can't deny what he's done for the organization, for the city of Cincinnati, and how he's made Cincinnati into real contenders. But for you to let two of your best offensive tackles walk out the door in offseason – and Kevin Zeitler and Andrew Whitworth, and then you have two struggling young tackles who you know struggled mightily last year. They allowed your quarterback and Andy Dalton to be sacked 44 times last year, and you not find the proper replacements in the draft or via trade or via franchise, I mean, for, via free agency, something has to be said for that. You know, it, 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 it's, it's despicable. I, I'll tell yeah. you right now, this is, me, this is me talking as a fan. The Indianapolis Colts, we had no business beating in the Indianapolis Colts today. We should have lost that game. Andy Dalton was was humbled back there. I mean, consistently. Any passing down, it seemed like the Indianapolis Colts were in his face. Uh, part of that could be Andy Dalton not making the proper check downs or the proper, um, the proper uh, reads. But, once again, the offensive line, you know, everything starts up front. you gotta give your, you got to give your quarterback a chance to win you the game. You have to give your quarterback a chance to actually, you know, sling the ball down the field. We have one of the best receivers in the league in A.J. Green, and the fact that neither that he was held in check today by <laughs> by a depleted Indianapolis Colts secondary, only good cornerback they got out of there is Vontae Davis. Okay. Um, I, I think I think that's extremely sad. Um, I think something has to be – I think something – I mean, before the trade deadline, I think the Bengals need to make a trade if I were them. For some, some, for some tackles. I know the Buffalo Bills said Cordy Green was available. Um, if that's the case, i do whatever it takes, even if it means giving up some draft picks like I know they hate doing. Um, do that. Do something. Show some type of commitment to this football season because right now the way it looks at it is, is that like, it seems like the articles that came out or from or even some of the sources I talked to going into the season, you know, they said Marvin Lewis was, was entering his lame duck season. If Marvin Lewis doesn't show any commitment to try to help Andy Dalton get better or try to help that offensive line get better, and he consistently allows Andy Dalton to be sat game in and game out four or five times. I Malik, think, uh, yes. I have to yes. disagree with you. Marvin Lewis, he's, he's done great things in Cincinnati. Other than Absolutely. not being able to make – other than not being able to make it past the first round of the playoffs, he's a great coach, you know. <laughs> he has – Five five winning seasons from 2011 to 2015. Okay, did he make it to the postseason last last year? I think he comes down to quarterback. I have a terrific quarterback. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is an average. So, see, see, this is where we disagree. He's this is this is where we he's and you know what. Unless I go get his ass, but you know, Agent McCarron's a great quarterback, even in Alabama. <laughs> I was a leader team. You know, he led the. I'm not going to say Andy Dalton's a great quarterback. I'm not going to say Andy Dalton's a great quarterback, and I'm not going to say Agent McCarron's a great quarterback. What I will say is that you can't deny what Andy Dalton has accomplished in this league. You He's can. beaten some of the best teams in this league, um, regardless of what people think he was sacked. He was sacked 44 times last season, and he still managed to pass for 4,000 yards with no A.J. Green for the better part of the ending of the season. So it's extremely hard for me to sit up here and say that it's Andy Dolan's fault. When you have an offensive line being pulverizing you back there and you're forced to make those those hard throws, I mean, sure, as an NFL quarterback, at some point you have to be able to sit in the pocket, which he did today. He sat in the pocket and he made some, some very key clutch throws that were needed in order to win the football game. But I think, once again, for us to even visit the argument of Andy Dalton, we have to give him a chance by saying that offensive line. When he had that but, offensive line when he had that offensive line last year, uh, not last year, I'm talking about the year before that, 
he was getting the job done. He was in the MVP base before he broke his thumb. So I don't, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I very, I very much disagree with you on that one. But that's that's what this is all about. You know, we agree to disagree. We have different opinions as far as who we believe in or who, who you know. If, if you believe Adrian McCarron can get the job done at quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, then you may believe that. Do I think Adrian McCarron's a bad quarterback? Absolutely not. Do I think he's a starting NFL quarterback? Absolutely. Will I go as far as to say that he can do any better than what Andy Dalton is doing right now with that offensive line? Absolutely not. I can't say that. I can't say that he'll do any better under center as a Cincinnati Bengals quarterback than what Andy Dalton is doing right now because the offensive line is performing that bad. But earlier on the in the year, there were trade rumors potentially wanting AJ McCarron since he doesn't want to deal now. Do you do you absolutely. think it's because AJ McCarron is the guy? I think it's, it's very hard to. I think I think it's extremely hard to make that argument and say that he is the guy or he's the guy. I mean, we have to see more game film. We have to see more game film. Definitely. The guy hasn't taken a snap. The guy hasn't taken a snap under center in the regular season since Hugh Jackson left two years ago when in 2015 when we made the playoffs. So I haven't seen much in regular season action. But like I said, under this offensive line right now, this offensive line is horrendous. It's Andy Dalton's fault. Right now, you have to look at it and you have to say it's the offensive line's fault right now. Part of that then goes to coaching. Marvin Lewis and these guys have to make the proper adjustments and provide them with that ability to have uh, guys that will be able to block for at least long enough. I mean, it shows, even with Joe Mixon is running the ball. It even shows with Joe Mixon running the ball. The fact that Joe Mixon isn't able to get going, we have three we have three starting capable NFL running backs in Jeremy Hill, Giovanni Bernard, and Joe Mixon, and the fact that nobody's been able to get the running game going for us, that shows you right there it's the offensive line. Malik, it's I'm not so just, sorry. I'll cut you off. I have to touch on this topic. Mixon. Sure. Mixon, Le'Veon Bell. Did you see what Le'Veon came out? I, I, oh, I my God. Le'Veon Mixon. <laughs> I'll tell you, I mean, no Le'Veon Bell. And after the comments and then coming out and Le'Veon actually catching him in the same attire that he would do, it just <laughs> blows my mind. I found it extremely funny. I found it extremely yeah. funny. It's, um, it's funny. It's like funny. I said, I wish, I wish we could actually talk about this more, but we actually ran out of time here on the right way, guys. It has been an absolute awesome show, minus that, uh, <laughs> that one guy calling in. <laughs> I don't know what goes through people's yeah. minds nowadays. Yeah. Hey, I, really I don't know what he's doing tonight. <laughs> people are crazy. Maybe a little bored. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe they need to find something too. better to do on their Sunday <laughs> nights. <laughs> but anyway, guys, oh my God, it's been I can't. an awesome show. It has been an awesome show. It's awesome to get back at this. Once again, you can catch us every single Sunday, 8 p.m. live on Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank the producers at BackSportsPage.com and, and Randy Zelia and, um, you know, obviously giving us this platform to talk sports all day. I look forward to many, many more shows. Um, Eddie, once again, welcome to the show. Thank We're going to go places with this. We're going to go places thank with you. this. I uh this is all the time that we ran out on the right way with. But guys, once again, you guys can reach me on Twitter at the right way at BSP, on Instagram at the right way with Malik Wright, on Facebook at the right way with Malik Wright, or you can email or you can email me at the real Malik Wright at gmail dot com. I'll gladly take any questions, uh, different suggestions as far as topics we can talk about. And like I said, until next time, here live on the right way, we'll speak to you. We'll be speaking to you guys next week at the same time, eight p.m. live. Sunday on blogtalkradio.com, and we have a big show in store for next week. It's big things coming for the right way. But remember, the show will always, always go on. Have a good night. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>